Thursday, listeners. Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos. You've got Julie and Corey here. This show is for entrepreneurs and small business owners who are ready to grow and scale their business. If you're tired of sucking, then you've found the right place. (laughs) That's so mean, Corey. Why did we write that? I don't know. I think that's left over from last week. Yeah, that's terrible. Wow. We are really, that's not nice. We're not nice. We need to be nicer, don't we? No. 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 I've been told that I need to be nicer. Yeah, by me. That's not going to (laughs) happen. Right. You would think after all these years, I wouldn't know that. So, hey, we've got a really great, interesting and a little bit scary of a guest today. Scary because we're not really sure what to expect with him. He's a bit of a wildfire. Um, Actually, that reminds me, I used to work with a dude who we called a grass fire because you just never knew where it was going to go when you were talking to him. So David is the same. David Breyer, he is a best-selling author of Brand Intervention, and he's Google's number one ranked rebranding expert. That seems like it's impressive. He's had four decades of expertise, and he's received over 320 international awards, not national awards, international, Corey, including the rare honor of being presented the Presidential Ambassador for Global Entrepreneurship Medallion. That's a mouthful. He's generated over $6 billion in sales and revenue for his clients around the world. He's the owner of DBD International, risingabovethenoise.com, and he was on BizQuick on July 13th was the episode that he was on, and um, he cannot be contained. So looking forward to talking to David today. On a complete side note, when you're talking about nicknames, I just remembered one we had for somebody who was really good at derailing conversations, Mm -hmm. walking rain delay. (laughs) nice nice so we want to talk about this morning um well i think that we should jump into storytelling because we have a great episode of bizquick uh coming up next week with the hosts of red pilled america and we talk about storytelling there but um you know i think you and i can jump into storytelling because that's a part of branding that's a part of marketing it's connecting with your customers that's what storytelling is from a business perspective perspective. So let's jump into that. Let's do it. Let's do it. So tell us a story, Julie. Oh, I'm, you know, on the spot, I'm not great. I should be better at this. I need to get better at this because you want to connect with people. Storytelling, the reason it's so important is because it helps you connect better with your, you know, prospective clients, your existing clients. It also, it's easier for people to remember things if it comes in the format of a story. Right. So learning, I want to learn to, I want to be a really good storyteller. I always feel like every time I start to tell a story that at the end, it's like, (laughs) yes, um, I'm not agreeing to that, but yes, like it's the desire to become a better storyteller because there's just a lot of stuff that makes storytelling. I mean, that that's effective and things that uh, facts that you add to the story that help and things that are just superfluous. Superfluous, yeah. Such a, he's such a big word for so early in the morning. I know that's why. That's why I had to try it twice. Um, <laughs> but the the first thing that I that you have to do is you have to understand who your target is, who your listener is, because that's going to dictate the style of story, like how you're going, how they consume information, and how uh, like how you can connect with them. So, because we, we talked about this a number of times, but I'm I'm more of a facts and figures type of guy. You are, and so. I'm completely content with getting just a sheet of paper that has some information on it. And that's all I need. 
And, and that tells the story for me because I can just decipher everything that I want out of there where other people, they want to be told like an actual story. Mm -hmm. That's because listeners, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Corey is really a robot. Sure. But if you're, if you're trying to sell to robots, you got to know how to tell a story to them. And (laughs) and so one type of storytelling isn't always going to work for all of your customers or your customer base. I don't think the, um, I, I don't think that you can tell a story I don't, I don't, I don't know that I agree that you should alter the way that you tell stories to fit your audience. Um, I don't, uh, that's interesting. It's an interesting perspective because I don't know that I would, I don't know that I would ever have the skill to do that. Well, sure. But you, you probably aren't going to be telling, like, I'm, I'm not going to be your target market for whatever you're selling. Oh, I've been selling to you for years and now. And I haven't purchased once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, oh, this is where we need the sad trombone, Corey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're missing yeah. all the opportunities this new today. new studio killing me. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, because I think to get really, really good at storytelling, that you absolutely, I, I think you probably get good at a particular type of storytelling and maybe the stories that you tell, right? If we think about, you know, Adriana and Patrick went from the co-hosts of Red Pilled America, some of their podcast episodes are very, very data driven, right? Like they did the one on, you know, the dollar being removed from the gold standard. And there was a ton of data points in that one, but some of the other ones, they're more funny and humorous and they're personal stories and it's not as data driven, right? Like they did one on like liberal arts education and they they just told the story of their education growing up and fights and bullying and cheating and whatnot. And so I, I I think maybe you alter, maybe the you add data into the story for your audience. Sure. But you also want to, <clears throat> again, like you need to know why the person is trying, like how, why you're trying to get information to them. So for example, recipes on the internet, if you want to find how to make something Mm. on the internet, you know exactly where I'm going with this. You've, Mm. you find it it looks good. The title's good. The name, the, the short description on your search is good. You click on it and there's 15 pages of words and pictures and everything before you get to the actual effing recipe. Why do they do that? Because they're, they're trying to keep people engaged. They're trying to, I I mean, I'm sure a number of reasons, but I don't care where you learned how to bake when you were five. I'm just trying to figure out what the ingredients are to make sure that I have them so that I can make whatever the hell it is that you're trying to, you know, tell me how to make. So in that instance, there's a lot of words that I don't need. You don't need. I just want the recipe. Right. 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 You know, some pictures could be helpful along the way. Pictures are good, but yeah. But again, that's after the fact, I need to know what the fuck I need to buy to make this before I get into your story. So that always bothers me. And that's what I'm saying is that, a lot of times, and, and again, like the, um, a lot of uh, podcast storytellers, et cetera, mm-hmm. they tell great stories and part of what they're doing is entertaining you and delivering facts. But sometimes I just want the facts. So when I'm trying to figure out how to change the spark plugs on my truck, I don't need a 15 minute video explaining everything. Show me where they are. I can figure out the rest. Right. You're over there going, land the plane, land yes, the plane. Exactly. Yeah. And by the way, congratulations. You just dropped the first F-bomb on Defeat the Chaos. No, I've done that before. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even know, I we, I, I didn't I did know we were allowed to do that. Oh, yeah. We do whatever we want. Oh. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure on the first show I did. 
I didn't know. Aaron, are we allowed to do that? I'm asking our sound engineer if we're okay with that. We specifically asked if we could cuss <laughs> on this, and they said we could do whatever we want. I didn't. And maybe that's why they give that warning at the beginning. Yes, that exactly. These views don't <laughs> express the views of the station. Yeah. No, really. The FCC has got nothing on us. <laughs> they sure don't. Okay. So storytelling is hugely a, uh, so per, per Aaron, Yes, we are allowed to cuss. Okay, I that's that is good to know because I'm guessing our guest today is going to take advantage of that. <laughs> um I, you know, storytelling to me is it's a it's kind of a lost art, right? Because people nowadays are so focused on you know, they're so they have such myopic views and they're so focused on just talking about themselves and they think everyone is interested in every single thing that's happening in their world. And that is not the case. Yeah. And uh, uh, one of my biggest complaints, I've got many when it comes to social media in general, but people, they, they, back in the day, you literally had to go to the town center and stand on a soapbox and maybe print off some pamphlets and whoever you could physically reach. And the, the was, was your audience. Right. And, Nowadays, everybody who has access to the internet, which is pretty much everybody, they they think that they have that soapbox and that everybody wants to listen to them. And that's not the case. Okay. So this brings me to an important question, Corey. <clears throat> One that um, I don't know that you'll know the answer to, but our guest will today. So here's my question. Thinking about storytelling, thinking about an oversaturated, flooded social channels, right? All of the marketing channels that you look at, whether it be Google or social media platforms, even, you know, podcasting, everywhere that you look to get your voice out, it is, everything is saturated. So how can you leverage storytelling to make your brand stand out? Well, I th again, I think it goes back to knowing who your target is and knowing how they consume that information. So if you're trying to connect with them on some deeper level, you need to add emotion and extra words and uh, to tell personal stories and all that type of stuff. But if you're just trying to deliver information and you want people, you need to be efficient, efficient with your time and efficient with their time. Because again, like I'm, I'm not going to sit through a 15 minute video on how to do something if I can find a 30 second one. Yeah. So that's, that, that's on the education front and the learning front, right? So if you need to change the spark plugs in your car, you're very utilitarian. You are just very, give me the facts, skip all the rest, even to the point where the other day I asked you to do something for me. I was like, Hey, could you do something for me? And I like, was like, go to this page and click on this link and click on this link. And here's this form. And can you, and you're like, why wouldn't you just tell me how to get to the form in the first place? Yeah. Just like, and, and that's the, like, <laughs> by the way, did you do that thing yet? I don't even know what you're talking about, but probably <laughs> not, but yeah, like it, again, um, what, when it, and it's, but how people consume information. Yes. And so, uh, our Google Drive, for example, we we store mm. everything on the Google Drive, and the way like I just perform a search. Just tell me the title mm -hmm. of the document, I'll find it. You're like, well, you got to go to this folder, and then this folder, and then this folder, and I'm like, no, just just search, just search. Make it I quick. always forget that the that the search is even exists. It's fucking Google, Julie. I'm Why <laughs> wouldn't a search be included? <laughs> I know, I know. It's just the way that we. Like a perfect example, just yesterday, I was testing something, a course, a Kajabi course for a client, right? And 
she, you know, has created this Kajabi course and she's like, she, I, I purchased it from her. Cause I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a good supporter of people. And I went in and realized this was her first Kajabi course ever. She's a solopreneur. So she didn't have anybody looking at it for her. And I instantly saw all the things that we always got tripped up on, on Kajabi when we created courses. So I set up a call with her and walked her through everything I found, right? We did a Zoom. I shared my screen. I said, look here, you got to change this. Look at this. Consider doing this. Here's how you do this or whatever. Here's what's really good about your course. But here here are all the things that are a little bit that you're going to want to change before you really start to market it to a bunch of people. And um, as I'm going through it, I said to her, when it comes to using the internet, I'm, I'm a weird form of lazy. Like I always forget that you should scroll for things. Right. And she, I said, so I'm looking at this and I'm like clicking and like the breadcrumbs to get someplace. It's just my habit. That's what I use is the breadcrumbs. Right. And she's like, I'm so glad that you told me that you were a lazy internet user because I would have never thought to look at the course this way. But we found like, you know, maybe 15 things that she needed to fix because of how I specifically search that she may not have found until, you know, she sold it to a bunch of other people that she didn't know. Right. So there is a benefit to my laziness, Corey. Uh, Yeah. And again, you have to figure out who your target is in that instance. And so um, and I would assume that most people would be considered in that um like the different types of learning when it comes like most people would be in that target market because I consume one way you consume another, but we might still buy the same product from your friend that, that course. So you have to consider it in all of the ways that right. like you need to have that simple search at the top. And then you have to have the one. And, and again, it's like um, we were building a website for a client and she asked why there wasn't a link to the home, like home uh, screen, the home page in the header where, you know, it's like, well, because everybody knows that you're supposed to click on the logo if you want to go back home. And she was like, oh, I didn't know that. And I'm like, <laughs> how did you not know that? Like it's 2022. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not funny. I shouldn't laugh at that. I do want to say this storytelling as a part of building your brand, I think is where authenticity comes in. Right. So I keep thinking about, you know, a conference that I went to, an event that I went to in Montana. This is actually where I met David Breyer, right? And I was a little afraid of him when I first met him because um, you're all going to see it. He's fucking nuts. Like, there's no other way to say it. And, you know, like, puffy heart, love you, but he's fucking nuts. And there was probably like six speakers at that event. And what occurs to me is I don't, you know, I, I, I don't think any of them altered what they were going to say based on who the audience was, but maybe it's because it was Tony Watley's event and Tony Watley attracts entrepreneurs. He attracts people that are either existing or desiring entrepreneurs. And I, I just, you know, I want to, um, you know, think through if I was giving a speak, if I was a speaker, if I was a keynote, I don't, I don't know that I would, would I alter what I was going to say? I know I would want to be authentic to my brand. And then maybe I don't connect with everybody in the audience, but maybe I connect with three people in the audience. Cause you know, not everybody's your customer. Correct. And you want to be authentic and you want to make sure that your voice is on brand. And that <clears throat> the biggest thing is that there are no surprises that when somebody talks to you 
on stage or when you're talking to people on stage and then they talk to you off stage and they talk to you on a phone call, they're getting the same experience. I mean, you might vary it a little bit, but pretty much 90, 95% of what you are one place, you are somewhere else. Like, you know, for example, speaking of curse words, um, you know, we're all, we're all good at filtering ourselves when we're around, you know, grandparents or in business situations um, when it's not appropriate to, but um, so we can change our voice enough so that we're still on brand, but we're not, you know, we're not changing who we are. Uh, okay. Well, that's interesting. I just know that I want to get really good at storytelling. It's a goal of mine for this year. Okay. I want to be a master at it so that I can sit down and tell you a story and you're like, oh my God, that was a good story, Julie. That was really good. Okay. That's my goal. Are you going to be okay if I give you feedback? Of course. Okay. You know, you give me feedback every I day. Know, I, I never know. like it, but you always give me, and I like to think of an old friend of ours that used to say feedback is a gift. <laughs> Yeah, it is. But yeah, sometimes you know who I'm talking about, right? No, but the gin bot. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, just sometimes it's uh, it's it's hard when somebody's trying something new and you're like, I didn't really like that. You know, but anyway, we got to get a break. So yeah, let's go to break and then let's bring on the wildfire. Hey everybody, this is Corey from Defeat the Chaos, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about SB Pace. That's the company that Julie and I co-founded. We offer coaching and consulting services to small business owners, helping them to reach new levels inside of their businesses. One of our most popular services is our one-on-one coaching, where we work directly with small business owners just like you to make your business more efficient. We guide you through finding more time in your day to focus on the tasks that bring the most value to your business and accelerate your revenue growth. This one-on-one, well, technically two coaching is built around your schedule and your goals and will help keep you on track to make your business a success. There are no strings attached, no long commitments, and it's priced perfectly for any small business. If you're struggling to find time to grow yourself and your business, or you want to find ways to improve your financial situation, head on over to sbpace.com slash small dash business dash coaching to sign up. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel.
All right, and welcome back to the show, everybody. We have David Breyer with us, and we're going to hopefully continue that conversation about storytelling and whatever else we get into, because this could be uh, quite the train wreck. Um, so welcome to the show, David. Thank you very, very much. And I, I don't know I don't know who's driving the train. I don't know who's freaking planning on wrecking it, but I'm, I'm going to be the passenger that survives and like freak. I, I become the su- unexpected superhero, like all of a sudden. And I actually get everyone out of the train before it collides with some unknown boulder or the Titanic that is transferred, you know, over time into like, what the hell is that doing here? So, yes, that's my job. Well, thank God you it. Are going to save everyone. I was. Do you have your cape on this morning, or what's the? I owe it. I. I. That's uh, look. Look like, like as we, you and I spoke a little bit earlier today, and I know that everybody that's listening to this is just getting out of bed, and so am I. And just for the information, I sleep butt naked only with a cape. Okay, that's basically it. So that way, you know, just so yes, you know, you already know that I have my cape on. I don't. Well, that paints a good picture. And that's <laughs> part, part of storytelling, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I challenge everyone listening to the show right now, try to unsee that. Okay, just go for it. And if you're not sure what David looks like, you can go to his website, <laughs> yep. risingabovethenoise.com, and you can get a good, better picture. Oh, David. Okay, let's talk about storytelling as it relates to your brand. Yep. Yeah. How important is it to be able to tell a good story? I mean, to me, stories are like oxygen. I mean, literally it's, I mean, let's look at it. Let's, let's look at it from our own experiences. If you're, if you're hanging out, if you're, if you're introduced to somebody and they don't have the ability to just weave a story, it could be a short story, could be the trivial story, could be a, even a little story about, Hey, you know what? This is kind of awkward. We've just met each other and we really don't have anything to say to one another. Anything could be turned into a story. And where I, where I think, so many people get hung up is they're looking for what are the facts and, and, you know, and what are the facts so I can weave a story? And that is like the most, that is a cul-de-sac from linguistic hell. You're going to just end up, you know, just going down and you're not, you're going to die because the thing that happens is, you know, it's like the greatest storytellers, they fascinate us. They intrigue us. They take us someplace we didn't expect, you know, they connect dots. We didn't connect and so there's, there's the art and the swagger and the courage and, and the willingness to just go places where there is no safety net. You know, it doesn't mean, you know, just being, you know, just being wild or being abrasive or, or just, or, you know, just dropping F-bombs everywhere. But it's just a matter of like, hey, are you willing to play with this? Are you willing, you know, it's like, you know, parents told us, adults told us when we were young, don't play with your food. Just realize that that doesn't apply to facts as you, grow, as you get older. It's like, have some fun. Weave some things together. Because otherwise, you're going to bore people. Facts don't determine a story. We do. David, do you think it's fair to say that people who don't like stories are serial killers? Well, when you sort of drop your voice that way, it kind of takes me to a certain place. But all I can say is, I don't think that they're serial killers. But I do think they're definitely not eating breakfast of champions. I hope you can connect the dots there. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on right now, but uh, let's yes, get yeah, yeah, Yes, you do, Corey. See, that's the thing I love about you, Corey. You, I love when you, I lo- your, your tell is so obvious. I have no idea. You know exactly what's going on, Corey. And that's what I love about you. Of course, and it's really awkward. So I want to get this show back to normal over here. All right. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> um, but all right. So we were talking prior to this about uh, the 
telling too much. Like a, a story needs to be the right length. And so you need to deliver the facts, but you also need to do it in a way that engages the the listener. But I feel like a lot of people tend to just tell too much. They like, and for me, that's like a huge waste of my time because I just want like for me, and again, I'm, I'm a little bit different, but in general, I don't need what, just because you can use more words doesn't mean that you should. 100%. No, no, I'm totally, I'm totally with you. Look, the bottom line is, I think there's a couple of points here to, that are really important takeaways and action items. One is, is I've seen it and um, people tend to be not very balanced on their tell versus their ask. Right. They're like telling, telling, telling. And so like and, and that applies in conversations. It applies in sales. It applies in presentations. Um, you know, it's like sometimes you, you need to balance the, the ebb and the flow of the conversations. So you say, have you ever noticed da, 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 Right. Now, what does that do? That does that invites your listener to actually go, oh, no, I actually hadn't done that. Good. Well, you know, here's what I've observed about that. Now, so now you can go into a tell. Right. So if you are cognizant of those, it's like it's like jab, jab, you know, right hook, you know, so you, you need to know your your ammunition in that conversation and storytelling. So to me, it's really the, the best storytellers have a great ability to tell and ask. And sometimes that ask is a rhetorical question or sometimes it's not. Sometimes you, you can even weigh in. And again, this is in the live setting. If you're saying, hey, how many people here have ever experienced blah, 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 right? And you know, raise your hand, right? So that's, that's an ask, but it, it balances out between the give and the take. And to your point about, about, brevity. That's why I started my one minute Wednesday uh, um, YouTube series, because I found that people, it's like, I mean, I'd see these, you know, 15 minute, 20 minute, one hour, you know, YouTube videos and things. And I'm like, you know, I'm, there are times when I'm, you know, you can't tell me from Corey, if, especially if you put the two of us in a, in a dark closet, you, you can't tell us apart. Um, and so, I like stuff that's brief and people were shocked at what I could actually fit into that. I, I can actually make a usable worthwhile point in 60 seconds that usually would take other people 15 to 20 minutes. So um, I value that very much as you do. That's, I, that's, that's brilliant. I love that you're doing those one minute Wednesdays. And I think, there's so much information out there. And as, as you know, I mean, it's in your book where you talk about well, our attention span is actually that less than a goldfish, right? Less than a freaking goldfish. Yeah. And I, won't, and I won't even tell you how many goldfish I actually managed to kill when I was a kid. I was a terrible goldfish owner. <laughs> At least it was done accidentally. <laughs> it was done accidentally. It, it was. Because now we're back to the serial killer yes, again. Yes. Yeah. All right. So David, let's talk a little bit about well, let's talk as much as we can about branding, since that is your area of expertise. You are the master at branding. In fact, sometimes I look at other people's posts about branding on social media, where they'll be like, branding is, and they list like five things. And I'm like, you're so fucking wrong. It's not even funny. Like, you, like holy crap. Like, you haven't it's even pathetic. scratched the surface. Yeah. It's so, pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's, let's, let's dive into branding and, you know, what is a brand? Well, a brand, a brand is, is many things. I mean, and, and I, I'm not saying that glibly. I mean, a brand can be a person, a brand can be a product, a brand can be a service, but let's, but let's look at what branding as an activity is, which will give it context. Branding, as I cover in my book, Brand Invention, branding is a four-letter definition. 
as opposed to the 20,000, by the way, there's over 20,000 books. If you want to, if you don't believe me, go to Amazon right now, literally search under books. You will find this over 20,000 books. It will take you, by the way, if you read two books every freaking day, it would take you over, over a quarter of a century to read all those books. Now, if you value your time like Corey does, you'll appreciate my four-word definition as an alternate solution. <laughs> so the four words are the art of differentiation. Because the things that we notice in life, we don't notice all the stuff that's the same. We kind of go like, I mean, and I can't tell you how many times, I mean, I've actually branded cities and I'm brought in to brand the city and I have to take a photographic uh, a, a inventory shoot of all the things that I see as an outsider and I've reintroduced it to them and they're like, where's that? Wow, where's that? Where's that? Where's that? Because they're in like hypnotic mode where it's today. It's like same day, same shit, you know, the same shit, different day. Um, and so they just go to like, blah, 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 blah. We don't recognize the stuff that we consider the same. We do recognize the things that are extraordinary. We do realize the things that are outside the realm of what we expected. And so differences, you know, and, and one thing, you know, I, I love to say is that different is better than better because everyone who has a company or is selling something, they're all going to tell you that their thing is better. Well, ours is better. And here's why, or we, we have more, we have more customer experience. We have more, more uh, customer knowledge. We have more, we have more years. We're made in the USA. You know, we're, we're next gen. We're state of the art. We've invested this. We've, we've, we've spent X, Y, Z, R and D and all that's all the same, 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 same. That is meaningless. That is, a, that is a meeting killer. So that's the same. How do you separate yourself out? That is the art of differentiation. And that's what branding is with anything you have. I love it. We, I just the other day, I was having a conversation with um, a former client who had done her own competitive analysis. And Corey and I are, we are masters at competitive analysis, right? You want a competitive analysis done, you knock on our door because we're the people you want doing it. But someone, a former client had done her own competitive analysis. So she's made a little bit of a pivot. And um, she sent to me what she thought was her, you know, her competitive advantage and her, you know, her differentiator. And I read through it and I was like, you have got to be able to tell people how you're different without mentioning the competition competition and certainly without shitting on the competition because you it puts people in the in the defensive mode right you start by saying how someone sucks someone else sucks i want to defend that person and i don't even know who they are and you've made me defensive and and like turn away from you but you haven't told me why you're different you've just mm -hmm. asked me why they suck and so it's so important to be able to differentiate yourself and market that without ever having to mention who your competition is. Yeah. Yeah. If people, if people ever like approach me, if people ever approach me and they, and they, and they like, tell me really fast what you do, which I, which I personally, I, I personally hate. I think that that's a false premise. If, if you literally, if you and I are meeting for the first time and all you've got is a freaking minute of attention, good. Okay. Let's spend that next minute actually setting up a time where we can actually have a real conversation. That's bullshit. I will reject that outright because it's a false premise. Now, now that's, now that's, that's one, one way that I uh, attack that now. And if I'm, if I happen to be in a gratuitous uh, moment where I'm just like, you know, just all about giving, I'll just say, well, here's the deal. I blow torch the shit out of mediocrity. <laughs> and so, that and does, so, does. you know, it's kind of like, which way do you, which way do you want to roll? But, but, but you've got to be willing to, you know, but I agree with you. 
I mean, I think that's why people have such a disgusting distaste for, for, you know, like if you ever ask, and I'm, 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 I'm not trying to steer this conversation, but if anybody were to ever ask uh, a politician a, a question, they never say yes or no. You ever notice that they, they always kind of like they say, well, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, will you just answer yes or no? And, I, and, I, and, I, and I, or if then if they don't, they say, well, as opposed to my opponent. You know, so it's like they, they either shit on the competition or they deflect without ever being straight, which gives which makes us all really resent those those kinds of conversations because they're not straight. And we, we appreciate candor. We appreciate directness. That's what I have found. And anybody that doesn't appreciate directness, it's a good tell, because why are you going to want to get in bed with someone that? doesn't appreciate or just a straight and I don't mean abusive and I don't mean dominant uh, a, a domination kind of relationship where you're dominating that but you're just being straight you say well you know what you just did that was shit um, or by, by the way what you just did was freaking genius you know that's just straight it's more efficient and that's kind of what I was getting at with like the directness the brevity the that the type of stuff that I like because um, uh, click funnels for example Julie's been trying to Explain to me or sell me or uh, like use ClickFunnels. And, I was. I haven't been in a and while. Not in a while. But like, she's like, oh, here, go check out this site. So I go to the site and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and I'm reading. And I'm like, yeah, but what, what do you do? What, what does this do? It's like, well, you know, you can connect with customers. I can do that a lot of ways. What do you do? Well, you know, again, it's like for me, again, I, I still to this day haven't quite figured out what they are or how to use them. And I think that's telling of that, that person that was telling that story of what the product they were selling on that website. Cause I still don't know what it does. Well, I mean, I, I, I can explain what it does, but I'm not going to take up this time to, to, to promote Russell Brunson's thing. We actually found out, we actually found out by the way, that <laughs> this you're going to, you're going to hear this in, a, in an upcoming webinar. We, we found out, and this is actually on their site, but nobody did the math. So they have a hundred thousand businesses around the world that use their service. And they have 700 uh, people who have made it to their, what they basically made it to their two comma club, which is that they've made a million dollars on their, on their, uh, on their funnel. Now, if you do the math, that's 0.2%. Now, I don't know about you, but if my iPhone worked 0.2% of the time, I'd throw that fucker out the, you know, in the garbage I, and I, I'd, I'd shoot it, I'd burn it. You know, so the thing is, is point two, but nobody, it's very interesting. We, we, we've been looking into this and the things that are these staples or go-to solutions, and so I don't know about you, but if I have an option of choosing something that has a higher percentage than point two, I sure as hell I'm going to go with it. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's a great point. And, and obviously right there, it's uh, people, I mean, they're, they're good at selling it because- They're great. They're great at selling it. They're amazing at selling it. No question training people how to use it, how yeah. to get anything out of it is a whole other thing. Cause for me, I'm like, it's just a series of web pages. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. anyway, that's crazy. All right. So we had some people submit some questions and we're not going to get to all of them, but I'm going to ask one of them, David. And here's the question. This fresh, this question is from New York food feeling on Instagram. And it is, what do you do when you're stuck and can't find that differentiating factor in your business? Okay. I hope that, I hope that New York food feeling is listening for, because first of all, I am from New York. I'm a Brooklyn kid and I love food. So listen up folks. 
here's the deal. You're looking way too close at your own shit. What you need to do is I, I need you. First of all, I can guarantee you if you if, if I if I actually helped you directly, I, I would I would find I, I've already I've done it for food companies, et cetera, et cetera. And, and you, you have to be kind of ingenious. Um, you kind of have to look and I'll, and I'll give you a very specific example. There was a, there's a native New Yorker who now lives in Boston. He, you know, he's been in the record business, record industry, and he's running one Grammys and all this kind of stuff. Bang. Great. Well, what ends up happening is he ends up going, you know, I, I now want to return to my roots. I want to create this artisanal deli meat. And so we, you know, we did the branding for him, da, 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 da. but where it got magical was when we came up with the slogan. You know, because it's like, how the, how the hell do we separate his stuff from everything from Boar's Head on down, right? Because all that shit's competing in the deli section. Well, we ended up coming up with this four-word thing because we had to come up with a, a, a domain and everybody had used everything for relating to deli. So we came up with this slogan, four words, more food per pound, right? And so, and no, more flavor per pound. It was more flavor per pound. And that became the domain but the thing is, is you got to look outside your industry, look at things, look at your, in, look at the people you serve, look at the people you help, look at, look, are you, are you hitting a certain, a certain strata type of people, people looking for a fast thing that's really amazingly delicious. Like if you just you look at Jimmy John's, I mean, they took, they took something that's pretty, you know, it's average, but they took, you go to their stuff, you go to one of their places and what do you see in this, in the window? It says free smells. How smart is that, right? Free smells. So cool just to do that kind of element. That's an example. Great. And thank you for, uh, for that example. And we got, unfortunately, got to take a uh, break now. But if you've, uh, anybody out there, if they want to connect with David, they can go to his website, risingabovethenoise.com. And links and all of that to David's information will be in the show notes. Check that out. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back after these commercials. Hey everybody, this is Corey from Defeat the Chaos, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about SB Pace. That's the company that Julie and I co-founded. We offer coaching and consulting services to small business owners, helping them to reach new levels inside of their businesses. One of our most popular services is our one-on-one coaching, where we work directly with small business owners just like you to make your business more efficient. We guide you through finding more time in your day to focus on the tasks that bring the most value to your business and accelerate your revenue growth. This one-on-one, well, technically two coaching is built around your schedule and your goals and will help keep you on track to make your business a success. There are no strings attached, no long commitments, and it's priced perfectly for any small business. If you're struggling to find time to grow yourself and your business, or you want to find ways to improve your financial situation, head on over to sbpace.com slash small dash business dash coaching to sign up. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum, INC. 
Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Welcome back to the show, everybody. That was a fun conversation that we had with David. We, uh, David Breyer, we um, talked a lot about storytelling. Julie and David got a little weird. Um, I didn't get weird. Really, you got really close to the microphone. Oh, that's and just, then David did too. That's just because of, you know we're we're in our new studio today, and I want to make sure that you listeners can hear everything that's being said. So that's why I got really close to the microphone, but. Um, yeah, conversations with David are a little bit like being on a roller coaster. But yeah, it, sometimes scary, but always fun. <laughs> yeah, you're never sure if you should take your hands off and put them up in the air or hang on tight. Exactly. Yeah, he's he's David is a special individual, and you don't know if I mean retarded special or just regular special. So, yes. yeah, he's David's a good guy though, really yeah. good guy. All right. Well, let's jump into gambling. Because, oh God, gambling! I love gambling because so the, much. the Super Bowl was last weekend, and um, even though we made a lot of picks, I didn't even bother to go back to look at the at picks that everybody made. But um, my number one pick was the under, and mm-hmm. yours was the Bengals, and we both hit. So Yay! That's a, win. that's a win. All right. So, are we going to do a sound effect today? We can. All right. I just can, there it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So let's, uh, I, I'll go first. Okay. My pick this week is men, t- men's college basketball. This is a lock. Well, no, I don't, I'm not going to give a lock. You got a lock. I'm just going to say, I really like, there might be some bias in this Corey. I like Michigan over Iowa. Michigan is getting five and a half points on action network which hey shout out to action network they always they they provide our lines yep and my pick for the day is oral robert getting two points over uh north dakota state that should be a pretty solid pick right there early money is on oral roberts and for our listeners out there you might be wondering why we always talk about gambling um not often not always but we often talk about it Mm -hmm. and uh you know we think that one business is a gamble. So it's, we can, we can justify it in our minds, just like our gambling habits. We can justify it. Listen, having David Breyer on the show was a gamble. That was a huge gamble. We had no idea where that was going. You have to measure, you have to calculate the risk and then you have to determine what your level of risk is, what the return on that's going to be. It's like, uh, we wrote a really good article last year, uh, for March Madness. I believe it was last year about, um, comparing sports betting to, 
business and people are like, oh, that's ridiculous. But there's a reason. I mean, it's just like any kind of investment, any uh, the stock market or buying a house or anything like there, you have to calculate the risk and determine if that return is worth the risk. That's, that's all it is. Yep. Um, and then secondly, um, not everything in business is business. Sometimes you just got to shoot the shit. So we're going to have you know, a little fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we got our picks in. We did. And let's get into the news. Yep. We need to get a newsroom sound effect. We really do. <clears throat> let's no, work on that. No. All right. I'm I like go. that typewriters typing. Yeah, the, do, 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 do. yeah. yeah. And for those of you who don't know and and you know have not ever checked out you know our social media, we have um, some. We do reels on Instagram frequently, and we one of our things that we like to do and we haven't done in a while is it's called the Branding News Network, and um, Corey actually wears a wig for it and those reels. And honestly, they're just some of my favorite things ever. So if you ever want to see what the, you know, SB Pace News Network looks like for the branding news network, check it out. Check out our reels on Instagram. Yes. Um, But let's jump into news. And this first article that I have is on, on brand for this show. Uh Uh-huh. Um, so uh, I, I've mentioned this numerous times in conversations, I don't think on this radio show, but the, the irony of Google's original slogan, which was don't be evil. And <laughs> that was what they set out to, to be or you know, to not be years ago when they first started is they don't want to be evil. And now I think that they are pretty much the, they're a, a, a good, um, uh, definition of what an evil company can be. But this article that I'm reading, there are a lot of um, startups that are coming out right now, and they all kind of have um, a, a, like their brand, their, not their brand, their slogan, their core values, all of those things that build their business are basically don't be Google. <laughs> which is hilarious because I mean, Google's a huge company they make a ton of money. They, they are successful, mm-hmm. but people are realizing, and I think that's just kind of a big shift in culture that we've had, especially over the past couple of years is that uh, there's more, more to business than the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And you have to treat your customers well, because there's now more than ever, there's information about everything out there and you need to be able to, you, you have to be true to your, your, brand, your culture, your customers, or you're going to lose them. Yep. Okay. Well, ironically, my, I actually have two stories. Um, I just remembered the second one. The first story is on Google. <laughs> so when you are on Google, when you go to Google and you type in why censorship and you don't finish it, the automatic sort of the pre-filled things, this are, here's what comes up. Why censorship is important, is important in schools, is good, is important in social media. Like they're pushing. These are the suggested. Yes. Google is pushing censorship. So half of me wants to believe that, but then the other half of me, because those, they do control the suggested searches. It's Mm -hmm. not, or it's not a hundred percent organic, but there is some, some level of organic for what to, people are searching for what on. people are searching for. And part of me is like, well, I wonder if people are trying to figure out how they can justify censoring 
other people. I just think this is Google the evil. I don't know. The world's falling apart. The world is falling apart. Can I give another quick story? Yeah, go ahead. All right. I there's a correlation between the iPhone and gum sales. Okay. And has the iPhone came out and gained in popularity? Gum sales severely, severely decreased. Is that because people were using gum as a method to like keep themselves busy? No, it's because most gum purchases occur in the checkout line. And in, and while you're waiting, instead of making uh-huh. impulse purchases now, you are on your phone. That makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. That's all I got. That's, that's okay. I just, I, I, I mean, just found that really interesting. I feel like I would want to, we can save that for another show. Sure. So remember that. There's I data around there yes. <laughs> that you want to dig into. Yeah. Cause I think that's a really interesting topic because when you're, you're in your own business, for example, mm-hmm. or just in life in general, and uh, we can link this back to politics, but I'll talk about um, restaurants, for example. Any, Stop it. You want to talk about restaurants? Yes. Anytime mm-hmm. that, uh, like being a, a restaurant owner or a restaurant manager, you just kind of have to assume that everybody's trying to steal from you. The customers, <laughs> your vendors, your employees, literally everybody's trying to steal from you. And so every, amazing. everything that you do in that business, you have to figure out how can somebody take advantage of this or what is, what's going to, uh, how is this going to take away from some other part of my business? Essentially, mm-hmm. how am I stealing from myself now? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, when you were, launching a new product, you have to think, okay, how are my customers going to react? Are they no longer, because it's now online, they're not going to come in my store. So now my, you know, everything that was in the store is going to slump and understanding that data to say, okay, is it really because of the change in buying habits or is it because a trend in the products that I'm selling? And these are no longer popular. Like there's a number of different things but that correlation right there makes a ton of sense. And, and I love those weird little correlations like that um, because it's, it, it makes total sense when you put it like that, but you would never, it would be hard for people to figure out, oh, well, that, that's why a slump in gum sales is linked to iPhone sales. Yeah. It's interesting, it's, it's interesting right? Yeah. Okay. What, do you, okay. what else you got? Um, well, so I've got, I've got two stories left. One, um, it's going to be a challenge out there. We've talked about this before on, Um, somewhere, I think in a blog we wrote, but basically, uh, so Virgin Galactic is selling tickets to space for $450,000. Are you trying to raise four? Should we start a GoFundMe? (laughs) Yes. That's where we're starting first. (laughs) Um, but they are, uh, they're planning more commercial flights this year. So they have four, they're selling them for, like I said, $450,000, but people might say to themselves, oh, well, that's a huge waste of money. Why, you know, whether there's people we should spend that money here on earth or yeah. et cetera, et cetera. It's like, first of all, that money is being spent here on earth. It's not, we're not writing a check to space. Like we're not paying <laughs> the moon money to fly out to orbit the earth. Um, oh, people are dumb. But the other thing is, I, this isn't me, but for our listeners out there, for anybody out there, like how can you take advantage of that? Like what can you sell to those customers who can afford this $450,000? What's that experience that you can add on to this Virgin Galactic um, flight? Can you create the new like space underwear, the shiny stuff and, you know, sell that to them? Like, like what is it out there? Cause there's a whole market that's about to open up in, in space travel and you need to get on it now. 
Like you need to be that, that cutting edge entrepreneur who's selling a service or a product specifically for people traveling to space. You think might think of that it's outside of your reach, but it's not. You, you, you do a little research and you figure out what that person needs on that flight. Here you go. I'm now selling it. How long that's that first off, that's a really, that's brilliant, right? That's brilliant. That's, that's my business partner. You guys, he's brilliant. How long, when you buy a trip to space, how long do you get to go for? Um, I would assume that it is exactly like we've seen with the the recent space. I don't, um, I don't know what that is. I, okay. don't, I don't follow this okay. stuff. I'm sorry. Pretend um, I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, so they are uh, very brief. They're like 30 minutes. You literally just kind of, um, like I think the one William Shatner not too long ago was up there. And I, in all, it was an hour of flight time with maybe five to 10 minutes of that actually being in orbit. It's, oh. it's preparing, it's going up, it's getting into orbit, it's floating around, you know, experiencing weightlessness and then immediately strapping in and going straight back down to earth. Yes. Explain it to me like I'm five years old. Perfect. Michael Scott. I hope that helped. <laughs> that did help. I would have thought that it was longer. I was thinking, okay, if we're going to raise the funds for you to go to space, how long am I going to have to like be on my own? But no, this is a day trip. Uh, this is a day trip. <laughs> yes. That's nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, that's right. great. So I got one one quick story before we got to go here shortly. Be good. Um, well, it's more of a, a, I don't know, a rally cry. Um, but just uh, it's, it's good news for the future. So uh, Colorado just announced that they're going to accept crypto for payments of state taxes uh, starting this summer. So that goes drivers and hunting licenses are going to follow that. Yep. Um, and I just think that that's great news for cryptocurrencies just in general. Um, you know, that a state here in this union has decided that, oh, this is actually an, accept- tender. an acceptable form of cash. So uh, look forward to that, people. I don't think this crypto boom is going anywhere, even though we're still in a slump. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's the future. Digital currency is the future. Hey, we're not taking crypto for this yet, but I do want to let people know we're actually running a mastermind and um, it starts the first week of March. If you're interested, reach out because we have not done one before. This is our um, inaugural launch of mastermind and this one is going to be killer, but it's females only. So boys need not apply. But we do accept crypto. Well, we do. Yeah. Oh, all <laughs> forms of payment all forms of payment. I didn't know that. That's amazing to (laughs) know. Good to know. Yeah. All right. Well, that is it for today's show. Thanks again to our listeners and thanks to David Breyer and uh, be sure to check out everything else we have on sbpace.com. We'll see you next week. See ya. 